You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today we saw No Time to Die, the uh, 25th anniversary, no, 55th, I don't know what, some <laughs> anniversary, 400th anniversary of James Bond. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. Okay, so there's going to be spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers ahead. You've been warned. I, yeah, and you know, Josiah, you said as we walked to the car, you know, this is a weird film to talk about because we're not actually going to end up giving many spoilers, I guess. There's like t- three, two or three. But we're gonna. But as we talk about the film, it might end up being something you would want to see the film before you hear this. That's all. So just well, you say that, that, and it's definitely something you want to see right. the film before you well, I before mean, you hear any of this. Yeah. Okay. Um. And if you've seen the film, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen the film, clearly you don't know what we're talking about unless it's already been spoiled for you. So just, you know, go see it. Um, let's just get this up, you know, out of the way up front. First, I want uh, I want to ask, normally I ask this at the end of our episodes. I want you guys to help us grow this podcast and get the word out there. So please share this with a friend. Um, you can send us a message. If you have thoughts about No Time to Die, you can head to anchor.fm slash podcast and send us a little message about no time to die. We'd love to answer your questions or, or your comments about this this film in particular, and maybe feature you guys on an episode of the Racking Focus podcast. So come and converse with us there. Uh, links in the description of this episode. And three, maybe uh, take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to right now and post it to your social channels so that we can uh, help get the word out there about this podcast. Great. Uh, Great. Anyway, that's the that's the plug I wanted to to say. Um, yeah. So. I first want to ask you, before we get into No Time to Die talk, where does this rank on your Daniel Craig Bond list? Uh, well, boy, talk about throwing a curveball right at the beginning, <laughs> Josiah. I, um, I think, you know what? It, it's really interesting because I, I was part of what I wanted to say about this is I feel like the Daniel Craig period of James Bond is essentially one big story, right? Yes. It's it is a it's a mini series as opposed to yeah. A, there's a, film, a there's a through line you know? from beginning to end. Um, I would say I would place this. Uh, it's so interesting. Um, I would place this in the middle. That's what I would say. Yeah. It's not bad, and so it doesn't fall sort of down on the track. But those first early films in <laughs> well, the series it's not quantum of solace is what right. you're saying yeah like the you know there's it's like up and down and up and down right so you have quantum of solace which is like 
this bizarre train wreck. Yeah. But you have Casino Royale that's like a really interesting piece of filmmaking, like really top of the line. Yeah. Uh, and you have Skyfall that's like an extraordinary movie. Oh, so, you're completely right. It is up and down. It, the it, way these movies have released. It, it really just goes up and down. And yeah. part of it, I think, is, you know, um, it, it, the fact that they're telling this long form story and battling against the natural episodic nature of these films. Right. And I think that that's a thing that this series yeah. has fought with. And Craig has been a challenging actor in the role for the arc. Right. So there's, right. there's been insecurity throughout. Right. Um, so. Well, and he's, he was tired of, of doing it right. Like bonds exhausting for him. Mm -hmm. um, not that he hates, well, it's not that he hates, I think playing the character or the character itself. I think it's just that it's just this exhaustion of, of playing the character that wears him down. Um, when he's a great actor, so he wants to yeah, do other things. Right. It's, it is amazing watching him work, knowing him in other pieces of Oh, cinema. I mean, even just thinking about Knives Out and then the end, like Logan Lucky. Right. Right. Those two movies in, com in contrast with Bond. I mean, he's just got so much yeah. range. Yeah. And so doing this thing may not feel like it yeah. touches every bit of his acting heart. Right, right. Well, and and at the same time, people are going to say, uh, you know, Daniel Craig is, is cemented as Bond. And right. so, like, that may be what he becomes known for. Yeah. Which may not be the thing. that It's the Alec Guinness problem of, like, becoming known for Obi-Wan. And he's like, uh, I almost made this an explicit podcast. Uh, yeah. like, he, I, like, he hated that. Like, right. he hated that, right? So... But Knives Out could do it for him. Knives Out, Knives could, Out could do could, it for him. And, and hopefully Knives Out 2 will roll just as well as the first one did because yeah. that one is, is... Oh, and speaking of Knives Out, I mean, having him uh, and Ana de Armas right. on screen together again... Uh, oh, it's super charming. Oh, my so we, God. We'll we, talk, we'll talk about that. So, that's great. So, yeah, so that's where I place it. Where do you place it? Uh, I think you're dead on the money with this being right in the middle. Five movies, I think this falls third for me. Sure. Um... Casino being number one, Skyfall second, and this one, this one third. Um, right, and then sort of Spectre and Quantum. And right? that's exactly my yeah. that's exactly my order. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't think it's really difficult to make that call. Yeah, no, I I, but, I think that's pretty simple. And but part of my problem with making the decision is that there are some extremely good set pieces in this film. Yeah, there's some really, and the other thing, it's just the thing about James Bond that maybe it's the the broccoli eye or something but there's there's something i so appreciate about the use of like extremely long shots in storytelling oh I, and there's I'm with these you. beautiful like moving camera shots things that we have seen since 1965 or whenever right. the series starts with with connery the, these like sweeping shots with cameras just tracking along with vehicles or through yeah. environments if finding you know bond in in a place or tracking with him and the the film has those moments that i just really love like the visual the visual yeah. language of bond like a bond film looks like a bond film yeah and the, in contrast to like a mission impossible film right right and and, and just and to say that is we as we we're walking out of theater you know we were talking about the fact about continuity and and is this is this miniseries, are we going to see a reboot or are we going to see a continuation as we move forward? Like was, uh, you know, when Sean Connery stopped, is that the end of an era or the end of a bond? Right. Or is it, it 
is there a continuity there? And, you know, Pierce Brosnan has some things happen during the Pierce Brosnan and the, what's it, what's his name who did like the one, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, we know him well because he was in, uh, hot fuzz. Oh, and Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Um, there's things that happen in those films that have to be retconned, right? As you move forward, because right. we're going to re-meet characters that, that are die or disappear or whatever. Um, for all of that, the visual language is consistent. And I think yeah. that's really exciting, even yeah. when they're innovative, even when there's innovative images. Right, right. Yeah, it looks like a Bond film. And even though technology is advancing and you're able to do different things with the cameras, it's still kind of giving you this... There's this romanticism to yeah. the the language of how a Bond film is shot. Right. Um, you're, you're, you're being charmed with the, the filmmaking and the cinematography and the look. Um, even starting in Italy in this film, you're just like, I'm in a, I know I'm in a Bond film. There's a, it is tropey too in that nature, right? Like there, there are these things that, you know, right. there's an Aston Martin and it might actually be the same, literally the same car from like the Connery era, Aston Martin. Um, and it has guns in the headlights. Like right, well, there, there's, there's yeah. a ton of things, the music, the, the way it looks, the suits, the clothing the and sunglasses, like there's all of this stuff. And because of the reboot the Craig series began with, like this sort of sense of like license renewed this like mm -hmm. older Bond storyline that we've been traveling with, yeah. uh, what we've what we've been given along the way have felt like Easter eggs often because they took what are images or images or ideas that were like hackneyed uh, uh, packaging yeah. from the original series. Uh, or original series is all those original films, and they've made them appear. So those like guns in the headlight is something we would see in the past. The you know the oh they were doing some serious fan service. Yeah, film. for sure. Like there's that but, moment near the end where he's in the bullet tunnel that this yeah, movie's open yeah. open with, and and the, the all those little beats are they're charming and wonderful. That's not the visual language I'm necessarily talking no, about no. as much as it is the style of camera work and 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 the, the way the use of close-ups and the use of those extraordinary wide shots so anyway, i just wanted to mention yes that. yeah 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 um i mean there's one i mean like the cars driving through the forest right, right and parking in the forest or or just flying over the water for a minute yeah, and then exactly. finding a plane coming into frame mm -hmm. yeah things like that um so so that's part of what yeah. i find charming about it and i think it's what keeps it in that middle range because I think those other films right. lose some of that in right. favor of whatever they were trying to do with this arc. Yeah. 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 And that, I mean, that first film casino really starts it out with developing that kind of style, I guess, cause it doesn't start. There's, there, there is some sweeping shots and like that beautiful imagery, but there's definitely those long shots for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but being the start of bonds, career as a double o in casino you kind of get to see in that film like kind of the cinematography look at advance with his skill level right. and like throughout his career i mean all i mean skyfall i don't think you can really top the cinematography of skyfall throughout all five of these films um but this one this one looked like a bond film from beginning to end hands mm -hmm. down um there was a stairwell scene in casino royale long shots they did it again in this yeah. film as mm -hmm. well i noticed um this one had a little bit more gun fighting yeah. uh, but talk about a long shot that i there was probably some hidden cuts but 
that stairwell sequence towards the end of this film yeah, was pretty, pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, up there with the likes of the atomic blonde stairwell scene and uh, the there's a, dare, hallway there's and a daredevil scene as well, I think. Dare, the daredevil scene. There's right. some stairwell scenes mm-hmm. that, that people just love stairwell fights. I don't know what it is, but... Good contained spaces with yeah. no reflective surfaces. And, like it works well, so and, it's, well. and it's all about like a fight to either the top or the bottom, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but they, they definitely called back to that stairwell fight in Casino, which was tense for mm-hmm. sure. But um, let's, we already brought up Anna de Armas, so why don't we just go to Anna Yeah, let's start real right quick. There. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Um, I wish she was in this film more. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if we see her again. Uh, I, I would don't know how. So. I, well, I <laughs> that, don't know. I mean, that's I guess where they need to answer the question. Yeah, of, they have. There's a real. You know, we waited till the end questions. of the credits. We sit through the credits pretty much every time we're we're All right, in, and so in the theater. So this is heavy spoilers now. Like, legitimately, if you have not seen this film and you don't want yeah, to be spoiled, yeah. If you haven't time, sat through the credits, it of is this time film. to literally turn off the podcast and come back after you've seen the movie. Yeah, we're do- we're going we're going. This there. is just gone. Yeah. yeah. So we waited till the entire end of the credits. So you can't be mad at me when I say this. That's right. Go. So they blow the hell out of Bond at the end of this movie, like just obliterate him on camera, like Like, on like like missiles land on his face, and then the credits roll, and at the end it says James Bond will be back. We'll return. We'll return. The classic line they ended these films with. We don't know what that means. We have no idea what that means. He's dead. Like. He's dead, but we don't know. It's the question of canonization again. Mm-hmm. Is will they reboot Bond as its own franchise, or will they just kind of, you know, is is James Bond more of a code name than than a uh, right like a, a physical double, person, right. right? Like um, that sort of thing. And the confusion comes when Judy Dench is M for Pierce Brosnan, and then she's also M. For Daniel Craig, unless they're just like, well, there's no one better, so let's just <laughs> let's just let's just keep her on, like, so that's the whole thing. So I don't know, I don't know uh, if he do, if there if if Paloma, if Anna de Armas is back as Paloma in another Bond, it is it a continuation of the Daniel Craig story, or is it a is new it, Bond? Is it just like, oh, well, we really like this character from the from the last film so you know what we're just gonna pluck her right out and just drop her in and and we're just gonna pretend that this is a new character but it's the same character i don't know i I don't know her she was i mean she's charming right and they did they pulled the wool over our eyes right by letting us live through what bond is discovering along the way and then she really kicks ass Yeah, yeah and they let us see it too yeah it was it was so fun to watch, and she charms the pants off of you. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah, just great. She and the, great. the fighting was wonderful. And uh, you know, we. we I want a Paloma movie. That's what uh, I yeah, want. I know. That's, that's that, really what I that want. Line where she was like, you know, I'll I'll see you again or whatever. Her the, the last line she said was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't remember what it was, but it, yeah, hoping that he stays in the next time he's back. Like, hope, hopefully right. that he'll stay longer or something like that. But yeah, she. Oh my gosh, she was so much fun to watch, and uh, nice to see her in a different role, other than um, a uh, you know a, a helpless kind of like a helpless girl who's you know knives out, or mm-hmm. a helpless robot in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like someone who's not helpless um, and just waiting for this whole thing to kind of play out in front of her. 
uh, she takes action in this and she crushes it um, on every level. I just wish she was in the movie for more than like seven minutes. Yeah, she and she, she shows some range too, right? Because she yeah. goes from A to Z and yeah. there's jokes and it feels real Bondy. It, like it was a really joyous sequence. It was fun. He doesn't sleep with her, right? Right. And that's another thing that's like a, that's a non-Bond act yeah. like in the middle of that. That's this weird non-Bond. Well, and, and it's funny. He treats her differently than other Bond girls, right? Mm-hmm. Like he treats her almost as like a sister than a, uh, a kind of, but he treats her less like a sex object and right. more like a person because I don't think he, he doesn't realize how qualified she is at first. Yeah, for sure. Like absolutely um, watching her back. Right, um, and then quite qualified, and then then and he's fine. banking on her. Yeah, right, right. Um, completely relying on her. And you know, in fact, there's hardly any real, like, seductive sexuality because the I mean the story is mm-hmm. this culminating romance with yeah. Madeline Swan, right? Like yeah. it's it it is the 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 completion of this emotional arc from right. Vespa uh, through Swan and. So he can't be sleeping around because right. he's a committed. He's not this. Partner. He's not this player anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like he's, he's committed, even though it's been five years and he's still in love with this woman. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely it's it's nice to see that like Bond's grown up sort of thing, right? Like, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, this is old man Bond essentially, it, it right? Is. I mean, Craig's been playing the role for fifteen years. Yeah, it's been exactly. fifteen years. It's mm-hmm. been fifteen long years for the man. I. I feel a little bad but uh he's out and i think <laughs> it must have been in his contract man for this film for them to blow him to bits because he's like i am not coming back for another one you have to kill me on screen right, there's no way that's i'm going it. back for that's this. it i can't do it so um i think uh the supporting cast is consistent right you can mm-hmm. see ben wishall has grown a lot like he's aged a lot compared to the other actors but um <laughs> you know Fines and Harris and Wishaw all do a nice job reprising roles, like doing yeah. the work that they need to do. We know them. We feel comfortable with them. Like that stuff all works, uh, but it isn't transcendent. They do give Q some really nice beats. Um, yeah, they develop Q's character a bit more too, for sure. Um, about like background and yeah, the, I mean, even just it says so much about his home life. Like about him just seeing his home life a little bit, right? I was, I was From the cat pleasant. to like dinner and who he's having dinner with right. and like and all of the these things. Works, yeah. um, like so, his his character is really the only one that gets uh, that gets advanced in the sense of like we can understand him on a deeper level. Um, the rest of them, I mean, Money Penny's just kind of existing and and. Well, they're filling their role, right? They're yeah. doing the thing they need to do in the story. This again, this forward. this is this is a plot-driven, character-driven film for Bond. Right. For everyone else, it's strictly plot. Mm-hmm. We don't give a crap about anything else except for driving the plot forward mm-hmm. and maybe deceiving you a little bit with how they treat M at the beginning. Right. Um, rightfully so. Uh, yeah. So I, I would. I mean, the action set pieces are great. We talked about the. Um, the big fight with Paloma. Um, that's wonderful. That f- yeah. sequence in the stairwell is great. I mean, there's some really good action sequences. There's some really nice driving sequences. Like those pieces really work. Yeah. There's a good truck car chase at the front end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, um, 
there's some cleverness. There is, I mean, it is a death fest. I mean, the film is yeah. a death fest. Yeah, the kill count's high. It's oh, yeah. a really brutal. And like across the board, it's sort of like, let's clear the board of they clean house, Bond man. figures. The only people who really make it out are those characters in the British Secret Service. Yeah, like yeah pretty much it. MI6 makes it, right? You know, yeah. they, they find their way out. And that's a lot of spoilers, I guess. But it, it is about, I think, con- continuing the series. So I'm anxious to see what uh, makes it in a next film like what of those characters make it or are they done right and are we going to mm. reboot really hard reboot this storyline um I'm, I'm just really interested to see and you know it's there's no there's a precedent for this functioning because you know when sean connery came back and did the single sean connery like rebooty film right um it didn't do great but it's certainly viable. It's certainly a sure. thing that can happen. So, well, we'll I, and, and for me, and I think for a lot of other people, like I personally wouldn't care if they brought in uh, Richard Madden. Uh, and if you don't know, Richard Madden is uh, Rob Stark um, in Game of Thrones. But if they brought in Richard Madden to play James Bond and they continued with Naomi Harris and Ray Fiennes and uh, Anna Thayer Moss, like whatever, like all these people... Uh, ben Wishaw, like if they just continued with all of them, I, like that's fine with me. And mm-hmm. they, you call him Bond and 007 and whatever. Like that's, I, well, I'll you buy into it. Like, in, I'll you want to bring Idris Elba in? You want to bring Idris? I don't think Idris is on board with that. I don't know. Uh, but I will gladly take Idris as well. Um, there's a handful of people. So, yeah, I mean, hey, if you're listening, uh, let us know. DM us. Who do you think should be the next? And Lashana Lynch, great too. Like, I think she'll she can do it. Was she, she the was she, she was, the original Double O? She's the new. Yeah, she's new the new Double O Seven, and then yeah, yeah, and you know, she did what the plot demanded of her. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's going to carry a film, right? So uh, they yeah, have I don't to know. figure yeah. some. Like James Bond will return as our answer, not Double O Seven, which I think was a pretty clear yeah. piece of that statement. Yeah. Uh, and it's always a charmer to see Jeffrey Wright. Yes, like always, great. always. But again, one of those characters that you needed to, I like. I knew he was gone in this film. Like, not not from a like nobody spoiled it for me, but from a perspective of if we're gonna clear house or if if this is the end of the line for for some characters, it's likely his character. He's gonna yeah, go. no, he's gonna and he's gonna push plot forward in right. doing so, right? Mm-hmm. Which he does. Um, when he does that during. The Timothy Dalton series too. The what ha- he he dies in that one of those films too. Jeffrey Wright does no, but the <laughs> the Felix Leiter character, yeah, um, uh, mixing character and actor, and, and um, you know, oh goodness, how I, I'm not even sure how I want to say this. Um, the Jeffrey Wright says a line um, where he says it's really hard to tell who the good guys and bad guys yeah. are anymore, mm-hmm. and. When Jeffrey Wright says that, it's hilarious because Jeffrey Wright's actually one of the like legit good guys on the planet. Yeah, like his his record of behavior in the world is extraordinary, and so hearing him say that, I'm like, dude, you just need to look in the mirror. You're actually <laughs> one of the good guys. So like, it's it, there was a nice meta moment oh, there that's for me. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah, he's great. I mean, I love watching him in anything that he's that he's involved in, whether it be an animated watcher or. Uh, a robotic figure. When his behavior in real life, uh, um, echoing across the COVID year and the the um, all of the issues with Black Lives Matter and what yeah. was happening up in New York, really astoundingly mm. extraordinary. I haven't yeah. followed much of much of any of that on his his end. So I'm really amazing stuff. Um, but not not to get no any, in that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
but yeah, his I mean, and his character has been a favorite of mine in mm-hmm. this Craig series. Yeah, um, I I've loved watching Felix and all the movies he's he's popped up in, and they're always brief and and quick. But hey, I would have been down for a a, a buddy movie Bond Bond and Felix together for a bit. You know, like that would be that would have been a good ride. Yeah, you know, the threat in this film is interesting. What do you think about our villain? What do you think about Rami Malek's um, character? Not even his performance, but character. Yeah, no, I, so, I, my initial reaction is to say that I think the villain took the back, a back seat to the entire film and wasn't compelling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel, I didn't feel threatened from like a, like a level of, this guy has a motive and knows what he's doing because it's like super, super duper well thought out and more along the lines of I'm only fearing this guy because he's a complete psycho and I don't know what he'll do at any moment, you know, which is less scary to me than like, a, again, I'm going to bring up a Thanos type figure who believes in like this uh, bettering the future. Um, so we're going to do a, culling of the world right. which is in a way what this guy's doing mm-hmm. um but there is no i mean we got background on him but it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't background that made me feel for him well i think he doesn't get enough he doesn't get enough screen time yeah to give us all of the story that might have filled that out he sure. doesn't feel like he well because the story is so focused on bond's emotional journey mm-hmm. he is an obstacle as opposed to a true antagonist for bond right he yeah. is not counter to bond but i mean he's counter, counter to madeline right like he's the yeah right he's madeline's uh opposite opposite right? yeah. yeah and so so there's that he's madeline's villain that right? and and so we get that sort of scene with them facing off against each other which is interesting but it doesn't carry the weight yeah. of other sequences like that even you know um uh, I'm, yeah i mean blofeld certainly can stand toe to toe with bond and they have that relationary thing and we, we just didn't get that because i just don't think he was on screen enough yeah um, no well and i think that the struggle with specter too was on screen presence like the reason Le- like okay so lashif and casino great villain right because you're with him at a poker table right for a lot of time Mm -hmm. and it's not a matter of like that guy didn't feel like a psychopath he felt like a calculated businessman who will do whatever it takes to be profitable Mm -hmm. you know not a i think when you raise the stakes too high i think that the movie suffers if you can't bring your hero up to that same level and bond bonds this this scale has kind of increased right of being on casino and i don't remember what the full uh uh like what the consequences would have been if he didn't stop lashif exactly but it never felt like the world is going to end sort of level of of consequence and uh so we're able to kind of just be like in a small intimate moment at a poker table with these two two guys, hero and villain, and uh, I can see how Lashif would think himself like an okay person because it's 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 what he's he he does this because this is just this is who he is and he's a business guy and this is how he makes money and he doesn't he's he doesn't necessarily see himself like hurting millions and millions of people he's doing what he does and this is just how he takes advantage mm-hmm. of the system, but 
I mean, this guy, Rami Malek's char- character, I don't know what his name is. Serafin, Saffin, Saffron, something Saffin. like that. But it, the first name I'm not ever going to pronounce. I don't it know. It looks like Lucifer. Oh, uh, I mean it does. It, like, <laughs> well, it's. I mean, L Y U T. We can call him that for the rest of this. Saffin is the last. Saffin. I mean, that character is a psychopath. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, and he says it. Like, death has a, death has a a big impact on a on a kid, right? Like, speaking for himself, speaking for Madeline. Like it has a huge impact on on you as a uh, as a child, and like that's what drove him to be who he is. Like he is a psycho because of what he experienced as a as a kid, and he's admitting to us that he's just completely psychotic, essentially. Right. Um, so I think when you raise the stakes too high, it it's hard for us to to go there with our character because it gets rid of like some emotion and connection, especially when the character, the villain, isn't. Um, like you can't empathize with them and you could never empathize with this character because he is so psychotic. Like there was no feeling for him. And they, I mean, yeah, they pushed the, my parents have died sort of thing, but so did Madeline's and mm-hmm. I was able to feel for her. And I mean, we never met Bond's parents, but we know that he's an orphan. Well, and you need to remember that Silva, Javier Barden, Bardem's character mm-hmm. in Skyfall is essentially falling into that same zone, right? Yeah. He's this damaged orphan yeah. who is attacking a, a mother instead mm-hmm. of a daughter, right? Yes. Like there's this yeah. Yeah. That, that counter that's there. And so we may have already walked some We've of already done this path, line. right? Like, and, and that means- and, and we've done it better. Right. right, And, and yeah. as a result, we needed more time with him, I think, mm-hmm. or him being more of an antagonist directly. But the film is long and it's long because it's full of story. Like it isn't yeah. as if it's vacant or no, just no. action. Yeah. So we're following Bond's journey of of the of the bond films these five are really about bond's emotional journey like mm-hmm. this guy and what it means to be him he, he leaves the service he comes back to the service he leaves the service he is damaged i was really glad to see in this series he wasn't a broken man yeah right that's you know one of the things in skyfall that's problematic is sort of like he the comeback kid sort of thing that needs to happen yeah and i'm glad we didn't repeat that but there oh, is totally. some repetition yeah. in that that the connection between bond and villain here that it isn't about bond and villain it's about bond and someone bond cares about being confronted by the villain yeah which which uh yes it which makes it different than the rest of the films mm-hmm. because it with uh, leaving out casino the end of casino that's the only time that he's really kind of saving somebody else that he right. loves yeah um and it's for a brief moment at the end of, the, of a film this one you know it's it's it is it is that it's about it's about Bond's connection with the person he loves and their villain. Right. Right. And so it's, it's, it's hardly like man versus man for Bond and more of, you know, like a man versus self sort of thing. Right. Um, it's a weird conflict. Um, but they do raise the stakes once they involve a child, mm-hmm. and which that, was needed. And she was adorable. Absolutely needed. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh yeah. She was, she was adorable. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, they completely raise the stakes once that happens because you, I mean, the second he sees this kid, you see Bond transform uh, from this this killer to survive for himself 
and now a killer to help his family survive. And he mm-hmm. even says the word family under his breath at one point right. when he's introducing Madeline and Matilda to um, the other double O. I don't know her name in the film. Nomi. Nomi? N-O-M-I. Yes. Uh, and uh, I want to say, I, I'm going to just Nomi. sound arrogant and obnoxious, but I oh. knew she was pregnant. When she got on that train, she grabbed her belly. Oh, did she? She grabs her belly when she oh. gets on the train as the door is shutting. And I'm like, I, oh, oh, I have to pregnant. tell. She said, I have to tell you something in the yeah. car. I'm like, she's ah. pregnant. And I'm like, oh, she's pregnant. So where's this gonna go? Five years later, yikes! I was yeah. like, yikes. So I guess maybe it well, was, maybe I was wrong. I thought maybe I was wrong. Maybe she wrong. had a stomach ache. Maybe she was upset. <laughs> I don't know. She sick to her stomach from <laughs> right, all right. the swerving and yeah, cards. Exactly, and getting yeah. thrown on the train yeah. and just like gonna throw up about it. And um. <laughs> and, and then we see the child. I'm like, okay, yeah. she's saying it's not his, but I'm pretty sure she well, grabbed her belly. Well, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure Bond's sitting there seeing this kid, and he's like doing the math in his head, and he's saying, the "Oh, blue eyes. this Good lines gravy. up," and he sees the eyes. Yeah, for sure. Well, and there's a goodness. There's a close. You want to talk about a close-up shot? There's a close-up shot when he's uh, across the table from Matilda and, and Rami Malek. Uh, and uh, you can see his eyes. I didn't realize his eyes were that blue for some reason until that close up. Well, and that's why they're putting it in there, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it was it. That was a close up yeah. that looked real good on the big screen. Yeah, that looked beautiful on the big screen. Man, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think that I think that Rami Malek's character suffers from lack of screen time and uh, empathy from the audience. I think that's. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I fall with it, which I think is why I rate it a little bit lower yeah. than Skyfall. I think like if we were able to connect with the villain more, because I can connect with Javier Bardem's villain, right? Like I can connect with Silva from from Skyfall, especially because thematically it lines up with what's happening on screen. Like villain trying to, you know, do what he's doing to M and to Bond, like Bond being this golden child and right. you know him being this reject who was re- essentially in a way abandoned as a kid and now abandoned again by you know, his second mother, M like there's thematically like that makes a lot of sense. And we kind of tread that path a little bit here in a different way. And it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stick doesn't as hard. Much. And I think, I think it is about yeah. time on screen. Yeah. Um, uh, can I talk about sound and music? Go, oh, bit? go for it. Yeah. So we just saw Hans Zimmer Dr- a second time. This is the second <laughs> film in, in a week, right in a week. And boy, that guy's got range. Yeah. Talk about two movies that sounded different, completely different. I mean, Dune is, brilliantly scored right yeah. and then the scoring to this is just rock solid yeah it does its job it it echoes other movies from the past yeah uh, but it is completely different so wildly romantic instead yeah. of sort of i don't know tribal and distorted and right. m- m- ethereal and yeah. whatever totally it fits so completely. much different yeah it, it just shows that even though you you had said something during Doom, like when you want to yes, Hans Zimmer, you get Hans Zimmer, and part of that is yeah. like you just get a super skilled. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you get a guy who knows how to fit the music t- for to the film for the film, but also for a director. I right. think I, I think that's right. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean, Hans Zimmer working for Denny is different than Hans Zimmer working for Nolan. Right, like no, a Nolan Hans Zimmer score, most of it's <laughs> like might follow the same kind of vibe right. and sound but when so Hans Zimmer so he can he does the job he's needed to do and, and I yeah. think he does it well yeah he, yeah I mean there's a reason Hans Zimmer is kind of this household name in a mm-hmm. way like you go up to half the people in, in the U.S. who've seen a movie and you could say Hans Zimmer you know who Hans Zimmer is and they'll be like no. yes yeah, the guy who did Inception right yeah 
everybody knows who Hans Zimmer is. And I thought the sound mix was great um, mm-hmm. uh, across the board. Th- there's um, th- two big explosions. Right? I was going to say it happens. Shocking. It happens twice. It I knew you were twice. going there. It, it, yeah. Um, the the first explosion was shocking. I have to be completely honest. And talk about talk about planting and payoff. Like I'm going to be really honest. Yeah. Like that's a plant for what happens at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. But that's a that was a shocking explosion. Uh, I jumped multiple times in this film. Yeah, from sound alone, mm-hmm. it was never from a. It was never from a. It's never from visuals. It's right. always from sound every single time, and uh, I jumped multiple times as if it was a horror film. Um, and they were all explosions or gunshots. Yeah, um, really, really jarring. Like, and we, I mean, we hear gunshots throughout the entirety of the film. I'm like, why am I jumping at a gunshot? <laughs> and uh, but well placed, good sound design yeah. will do it to you. Yeah. Um, but I, what I liked about those sequences was that. They did the thing that we are seeing in film right now. That's sort of this like POV style sound when, mm-hmm. when someone encounters some major trauma. Um, when we've been talking a lot about films dealing with deafness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, f- I felt the concussion. Yeah. And I don't just mean the concussion. I mean the actual concussion Bond has. Undoubtedly the yeah, concussion uh, yeah. he has yeah. from those explosions. But they the way that they peeled out of them slow dissolve into oh, regular you sound. almost don't even notice it, it you don't and yeah. but it's present and especially in the second one the one that takes place yeah uh, in that sort of tower sequence um that is it's an extraordinary bit of sound design yeah. and uh, well well worth like it I, i'm i'm listening and i'm like oh boy i'm really impressed by that but I know that as an audience member, you're being affected. Like anyone in the theater, whether mm-hmm. you're cognizant of it or not, is being affected by that sort of slow peel off. We we it's it's visceral. Like yeah. it's, it's almost like a haptic experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I th- I thought those those moments, and I think it happens in other places. Uh, but there's um uh, you know the whether it's the Tamagotchi making noise or whatever, there's this really right. clever so- rock solid yeah. sound design throughout, and it really does help the film. No, I I agree. I agree. I have nothing more to add. That's um that's a good catch. Uh, I mean, I guess it really does make you feel how the character's feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sound design does. It does help you into the character's head mm-hmm. of you know can 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 you still fight when you have this concussion and how do you respond and like it it, it makes you appreciate Bond's athletic ability, right? And 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 just I mean overall ability to even just get the heck back up. He is the most beat up Bond. Like there's like hands yeah, down. He which is, is the probably most he's like Bond. get me the heck out of here. Blow me up. Right. Blow, blow me up. up. Blow, I don't want to come blow back. Me up on screen. I do not want to come back. Blow up an entire island. Make <laughs> sure I'm standing on top. It's um that that moment is I you know, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was trying to find the out. Yep. I kept I kept thinking like, oh no, there'll be you know Q will find some antidote, or Q will find some or sort of thing. The flower that he was right. He'll he'll was, eat a, an antidote. Like right, he'll eat a flower, flower, or there'll be some stupid thing like that. But no, there's legitimately no hope. Like that that vial gets crushed, and there is there oh, is so. zero hope. Well, and it took me it took me a second to piece it together too, because um, I didn't realize what what he. Ha- I mean, I realized what he did, but I didn't realize to the extent of. Like that will only kill Madeline and Matilda. Right, what an, what an ass. Yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, I was kind of hoping that he was gonna throw some more bullets at him after he was on the ground, just as like a big fu sort of moment. 
And he didn't. He just shot. I mean, he shot three of them, which is pretty standard. Uh, I would yeah. say assassin vibe, right? But it was a nice shot. It was a nice shot, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then it that level of tragedy, like it just doesn't feel like there's any escape, and there isn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> there isn't. No, there isn't. You're like, wait, are we, are we in James Bond or are we in like King Lear? Like, have we moved back the, to Shakespeare? It was. It was awful to watch those last minutes because oh, you just. You're just you're waiting for this character to just die. And you know he's going to do it. Well, he's made a choice. He's made a choice. Mm-hmm. And like I was thinking that I didn't think that that moment was going to happen. I thought that he was going to end up uh upstairs in the control room just essentially trying to jam this door open. And that was going to be but no. that was going to be the end of it. Uh and he when in some ways he needs that phone call he gets at the end mm-hmm. so we can feel something it's because closure, otherwise it right? feel, we yeah. wouldn't have any closure yeah and i i don't i mean there were people who well and he needed, the... he needed confirmation of the daughter right. too because mm-hmm. we i mean we were like well yeah, yeah we if, if it's not his daughter this is stupid um <laughs> <laughs> you know like, what are we doing here um but he needed the confirmation whether or not it actually is his kid right like she right. needed to tell him that it was and and there's they get to say the things they need to say. At yeah. the, the beginning of the film demands that we reach. Like all of that stuff mm-hmm. happens. It's great. It, they burn stuff in the beginning. He's burned up in flame in the end. Like there's <laughs> lots of good arcs. Like there's yes, also yes, good, good stuff, right? There's like stuff that happens. He's just a flaming hot piece he of paper a, in the wind. He is. Yeah. He's just like the memory like given up and and you know his his storyline is burned away. I mean, yeah. it's just really powerful. Mm. But there was there was a, a couple that walked out of the theater with us who oh, oh, did yeah. not they. They didn't watch that, that those credits to the end. I thought they were in the theater the whole time talking too at the end through the credits. Were they not? Well, as they, they walked, walked out. With out us. They were like, they walked out. Well, with I us. guess that's it. I guess there's no more. And I'm like, oh, is that what they said? <laughs> they did. Uh, how, why? How could they do this? There's just no more. And I'm thinking, did you were in the, in the theater, theater with us till the end, and they had a screen that told us James Bond will return. <laughs> Um, you don't think they're really going to end this really, uh, really popular franchise that's been going on since like 1966, do you? I like mean, this is a consistent piece of sort of Americana, which is weird. Briticana. I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's global, right? Like everybody, everybody loves James Bond. Um, yeah, it was, it was a clever film. It was fun to watch. I, there was certainly more humor injected into Bond's, uh, dialogue and uh non-verbals too right. um there was there was way more normal and and i mean normally he's really suave and charming but he's less funny i think right. mm-hmm. he was actually pretty funny and the, there was a pun at one point that there he pulled was a out pun. yeah yeah very not i don't i'm not gonna say like off character for him but not something that he's done a lot in the no, last it was four like films. hardcore quip it was yeah definitively like straight up quip about well how did he he, he turned straight into he went straight into dad mode all of yeah, a sudden exactly. like he became a dad and there's dad jokes happening it was uh and i liked it i was like i'm on board for, i kind of wish that craig was like this for the rest of the movies <laughs> Well, but not for those last ten minutes. There was, not for those last ten minutes. No, that's that, just drama. That would have been weird. Um, but and uh, so, I think we should wrap up because I think we've done our job. Yeah, I don't know what else um, to add. Uh, what do you think about where to see this? This is hard. It is hard because I'm going to say that if if you if you want to go and see it in theaters, that this will be perfectly enjoyable. Um, I think especially if you bring somebody else with you to enjoy it with you. Otherwise, I actually think that Bond is viewed perfectly on the couch in front of like a 50-inch screen. 
um, with with some dinner and something and a drink or something like that. Um, yeah, you know, for me, the film for sound for visuals, sure, the big screen is a better experience, but it does not suffer substantially on a big screen at home. On a small, tiny screen, sure, but Bond yeah. is Bond's the kind of thing you live with over and over again. Yeah. One of my frustrations about Spectre, I'll be straight up, it's not a, a great film, right? But yeah. one of my frustrations yeah. is it is not anywhere to be seen. Hmm. You, it, you're going to buy it, or you're not going to see it. Really? Um, yeah, it's on Hulu for a little bit, and then it was, and off then, it's, and... then it's gone, and then yeah. like it's just not around. Um, and that to me doesn't feel like what we do with Bond. Like Bond right. is about every single bond episode being on tnt yeah. for a month straight like that's mm. sort of what it is it's a it's part of our american culture that that you want to see and so right. I, I agree with you i think it's perfectly viable to watch on the sofa so you can make the choice here yeah um well you'll if you want to see it now you're gonna have to come to theater right but uh if you want to see this you know right i mean if you want to wait and wait yeah for wait for it to come out screen. it's cool uh yeah it's it's perfectly good in in, in both both places mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine so um once this i mean this is a film like i'll i mean i think i own the other four so i'll i'll buy this one watch it and it'll be great and you know maybe this will be even better a second time knowing what the end holds right. um i'll likely be able to see more through lines of themes and uh choices and things that are made throughout the film that, that'll probably make the viewing experience even better right and watching the whole series of films, all five together, mm-hmm. I feel very confident, even with the bumpiness of their quality, that there is an arcing story here yeah. that that you would find the story satisfying, even if the emotional beats at the end, to some extent, don't resolve in a way that feels like an action film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, last question I have for you. Uh, you said Idris Elba. Is there anybody else who you'd want to take over the mantle? Uh, the James Bond, who's the next James Bond, is a, is a hard thing. That, yeah. That's something we should revisit at another time, uh, <laughs> especially after watching Craig blow up. Um, <laughs> like that's it's a lot. I uh, I um I don't know. I think that there are some decent actors out there who might be able to do the role. I mean, Elba had been up for this a couple of times yeah. in people in the popular consciousness. And he would be great, um, but yeah. I also think you know you you're righteous that like Madsen would be really. I mean, yeah, Richard Madden would be great. Henry Cavill's been up for it for a Cavill could few times. Cavill could probably do it. Ewan McGregor was up for it for uh, before yeah. Craig, what, bef- mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that didn't turn out. For so him. it. I mean, I don't know. I have to think about it. I, I think that there's. Um, there's plenty of great British actors though that could that could do the job. And in the end, it might be viable to to you have to find the person who's ready to rise instead of mm-hmm. the person who's already up there, which is what Elba's problem is because it is Elba's too a, old. I think at and this point taxing, so taxing mm-hmm. and such a long-term commitment Yeah, um, that you, it isn't like doctor who, where you can do it for three years and you've done no yeah. 30 episodes, right? You've done yeah. your time, even though I think that that's too short for that series. I, I can dig that mm-hmm. here. If you're going to do five movies, it's 15 years. It's 15 years. And that's a long commitment. So I'm not sure who that, that person is. I have to think about it a little bit. Um, I'm sure we're going to start to hear that conversation. Although, like you said, uh, where what it is next is more telling about, like, 
I, to some great extent, would really like to see a, a hard reboot. Yeah. Of this. Yeah. And just start from scratch again. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we can choose who we want to be in place. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation by leaving us a message at anchor.fm slash podcast. The link is in the description of this episode. We'd love to feature you in the podcast and respond to your questions and thoughts in a future episode. And if you want to track all the films we watch and talk about, you can catch either of us at Letterboxd. Uh, you can find me there at John Doyle. And I'm at Josiah Blizzard. The links to our profiles are also in the description of this episode. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we ask you to leave a five-star review because that helps people notice us. But you can leave whatever comment you want about us in the review. That way you can share your opinion and increase the conversation. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast, where we post screen grabs from some of our films we're watching and where we'll keep you updated on the episodes that are releasing week by week. If you are listening to an episode, we'd love for you to share a screenshot of that episode you're listening to and tag us in your story. Anything else to add, John? Nope, but I think Stephanie has something to say. Next on the podcast, the guys will be watching and reviewing something. <laughs> it's unclear. Um, it could be Eternals or something with Soho. What was it? Last night. In Last Soho. night in Soho. But we'll see. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.